Thanks to Handy for supporting The Motley Fool. Handy is a cleaning service that provides an easy and convenient way to book home cleaning on a schedule that works for you. To get your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan, visit handy.com fool and use promo code fool during checkout. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Thursday, August 9th, and we're talking mid-streamer earnings. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Douglas. I'm joined by Jason Hall. Uh, folks, we heard from a number of you that you really, when I sort of said offhand to Jason, oh, maybe we should cover mid-streamer earnings, a lot of people wrote in and said, yes, please. So we are here and we are excited to talk about it. But first, for um, those who need a refresher, let's talk about what a mid-streamer is. Jason? Yeah. So the, the oil and gas industry um, is divided up into these different segments that start with you know, you know production, exploration and production. Uh, and then you have to move the products, and then you refine the product, and then you sell it. And midstream is kind of a combination of the stuff that happens in the middle. It's the companies that gather the oil and natural gas and the natural gas liquids, and then they stick it in pipelines, and they move it to wherever it's going to go. Uh, they generally also operate the storage facilities where it sits in storage uh, before it then gets sent to the refiner to get refined or before the refined product then goes to the pump at the gas station where you eventually consume the product. So the midstreamers are the ones in the middle. Uh, in terms of general investment thesis, these are usually um, cash flow machines. They're, they're good opportunities for dividend investors because they generally sign long-term contracts to move product. They have fixed amounts of money that they're going to get. Generally, they should be a little less exposed to energy commodity prices, um, because, I mean, they're toll roads. That's how they're sometimes described, because they take a fee to move a product or to store a product. And it's usually not related to how much that product costs uh, at any given time. Yeah, and I, I will actually say it, it feels like pretty much all the time they're referred to as toll roads or toll booths or something else that evokes this idea that to pass, you must pay money. Um, yes. And and they, um, they, they can be really attractive businesses for that reason. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, five of them. Um, so let's start with Magellan Midstream Partners, ticker symbol MMP. Um, so first thing to note here, distributable cash flow up 7% year over year. And you notice I'm talking about cash flow. I'm not talking about earnings. I'm not talking about revenue. That is because cash is king in this particular segment of the industry. And Magellan's got some good things coming up. Um, they're planning to bump uh, their tariffs on refined product pipelines and services by uh, a little over 4% uh, beginning in the second half of this year. So, um, some good things to see, sort of, if you're thinking about it on a um, just making what they currently have more profitable for them. Additionally, um, now, on last week's uh, episode, you heard us talking a fair amount about the Permian Basin. Well, uh, midstreamers certainly have uh, lots of potential areas to benefit off Permian, particularly because, as we noted in last week's episode, um, you know, it, it, there, there isn't currently enough infrastructure to get all of that oil out. Well, pipelines. Exactly. And so Magellan's got a West Texas refined uh, product pipeline that's um, they're planning to expand to uh, almost double to 175,000 barrels a day. Um, that's a Permian play. And, you know, not surprisingly, that's going to be a theme that we're going to hear throughout midstreamers as well, because it's just having a really big impact across this entire industry. Yeah, you know, it's it, the, the Permian's definitely getting most of the heat and light, so to, so to speak. But it's really, it's not the only one. Right. I, the, the North America is a serious growth place for midstream right now because of shale. You know, so the Permian is the hot place in shale right now. 
uh, that's getting a ton of new investment. But for years, there's been lots of investment in other places that are remote and that aren't connected to pipelines. And these things take years to build and they cost billions of dollars. So there's a lot of growth happening in other places too. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that one of the other kind of key things to look at with the midstreamers um, is what they're planning to do with their cash. So sort of what that construction pipeline looks like. So for Magellan, as an example, um, so historically, um, they have grown their distribution uh, by 12% annually since their IPO. Well, they're planning to slow it down to kind of between 5 to 8%, specifically so they can really double down on some of these construction projects that they think are going to be really attractive and really accretive in the coming years and reduce their reliance on things like share issuance. So, uh, a lot of good things to see out of Magellan. Shall we turn? Yeah, Magell- Magellan yeah. And, and one we're going to talk about soon is Inter- Enterprise Products Partners. They, they both have been very good historically in terms of capital allocation and not just counting on debt or selling stock to pay for capital projects. They, they've done a pretty good job of retaining some of their cash flows for growth. There may have been other um, midstreamers that paid higher yields, but in terms of being able to grow the dividend and grow the cash flows, uh, Magellan is, is one that I, I, I like. And this, this quarter is just another demonstration of that. Yes, exactly. Um, and speaking of enterprise product partners, that's an excellent transition. So let's go ahead and hop on over. That's enterprise products partners ticker symbol E P like products D, uh, like Douglas, my last name. Um, so um, distributable cash flow up thirty six percent. Wow, um, big gains in their uh, natural gas uh, pipelines and services. Um, a lot of that's because, of course. The results of some new openings, including, not shocking, a natural gas processing facility in the Permian. <laughs> so it's just going to be the thing we keep talking about. It is. It is one of one of the things that Enterprise Product Partners. Um, I want to say they specialize, but something they do a lot of is NGLs, natural gas liquids. So you think about whether you're drilling for oil or you're drilling for natural gas. There are other things that come up, like isobutane and uh, propane. Um, that you won't find somebody just drilling a propane well, uh, well because they don't exist. So all these other um, other products, they have separate values and they have to be separated out. Um, so um, by, by having specialties to take those NGLs and separate them out so that the refiners can extract value or so that the, the producers can extract value, uh, Enterprise Product Partners has done a really good job of, of leveraging that service that they offer. Yes. And... Um also, like Magellan, they are slowing down their distribution growth specifically so they can focus on uh, funding that project backlog. For theirs, it's $5.2 billion. So there's a lot of, of good stuff incoming for enterprise products partners in the coming, let's say, several years, most likely. Um, let's turn to Enbridge, which is uh, a little bit more complicated of a story. That's ticker symbol ENB. Um, so Enbridge is focused on a kind of ingesting Spectra Energy, which they uh, uh, closed in uh, closed on that transaction in February 2017. Um, and now they are in the midst of attempting to acquire uh, the remaining 25% of Spectra Energy partners that they don't already own. Um, and of course, they want to reduce their leverage at the same time. So there's a lot of kind of different moving parts here with this company. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in, in bridge of, of all the, the, the mystery which we're going to talk about is is certainly the one that's the, the most complex. Uh, it's a Canadian company, so they, they report earnings in Canadian dollars. They report pretty much all their financial metrics in Canadian dollars. So there's some translation that goes there. Uh, it affects the actual U.S. dollar value, the dividend a little bit. Um, 
so and, and also it, it has its fingers in a lots of lots of other uh, subsidiaries that are publicly traded and with the spectra and spectra energy partners as, as um, Mike was talking about it's in the process of doing a lot of consolidation so it can be a little more complex um, I think we'll focus mainly on like the business stuff um, so if you look at one thing that's that's going on um, that one of their one of their uh, older pipelines. It's pretty important. It's, uh, it's a line three pipeline, um, and the, this 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 pipeline has lost a lot of its capacity over the years. Uh, and they've been working to uh, to to get approval from regulators uh, to essentially replace it. I got uh, approval in late June. It was kind of a like a best case scenario. And there, there was some concern it might be rejected, but that was pretty low risk concern. The biggest concerns were that they were going to force. Uh, Enbridge to to spend a lot more money and route it uh, around certain things that would add significantly to the cost. And there were only some minor concessions the company had to agree to, uh, to removing some older pipelines um, that the property owners requested. But it's going to be able to more than double its current capacity uh, back up to around 760,000 barrels a day. So uh, the, the the good news is that it's made made a lot of progress. And you know, in the next couple of years, it, it should be able to start uh, generating a you know a significant uh, increase in cash flow from that from that uh, from that one of its older pipelines. That's going to be one of its newer, better pipelines. <laughs> right, yeah. how the old becomes new. Um, yes. And additionally, Enbridge has a reportedly kind of. 20 to 35 billion Canadian dollars uh, of projects under consideration. Um, one thing we're going to want to see moving forward is kind of what they will commit to within that and actually kind of build out a formal pipeline um, once they've kind of ingested, <laughs> you know, sort of figured out what they're doing with kind of these other assets that they're um, have either recently acquired or are in the midst of acquiring now. Yeah, I think as far as what they've um, generally confirmed, um, that they're going to spend pretty much pretty well know through 2020 they're going to spend around 22 billion dollars or so on on capital projects so as you see you know there's another nearly 15 billion dollars in projects that, that they're considering that we don't know what's going to happen with so that's a lot of potential growth absolutely all right we'll turn to our next two in just a minute but first a word from our sponsor Handy allows you to book home cleanings on your schedule right from the app or website. Over 3 million cleanings uh, have been completed so far. Um, and, and all of Handy's services are backed by the Handy Happiness Guarantee. If you're not satisfied with quality of service, then Handy will send another pro to your house at no charge for your next booking to make sure it gets done right. Um, it's a pretty simple uh user experience. You know, you tell Handy the number of bedrooms and bathrooms in your home. You pick the date and the time you'd like your home cleaned. Um, Handy will match you with you know one of their top-rated people. Um, or, or for that matter, you can read real customer reviews and select the person you'd like to hire instead. Um, personally, I, I really preferred that they just kind of picked someone for me uh, when, when they came to uh, clean my house, just because it just made life so much easier. I didn't have to spend all that time Trying to figure out, okay, you know, this person has a four and a half star. You know, this person has a, a three point nine star, but I'm not sure I buy two of the like one star reviews. Like all that stuff. Like, frankly, as a homeowner, as a fairly new homeowner too, like it's been incredibly frustrating, <laughs> to be honest, for me, having to figure out sort of which contractor is doing what and and who I'm going to work with. Um, so having Handy just kind of do that for me was great. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, their pricing is clear and upfront. You know, what you see is what you're going to pay. 
Um, and that's something that I, I, I really appreciate. Um, and there's no cash or checks. You can just pay securely on the app. There's just, it, it's a seamless process, um, and it's just a lot less manual and frustrating than most of my, let's say, home-related projects have been thus far. Um, you know, and, and I'll say, I mean, so I have a, a, I guess, three official bedroom, but there's kind of a fourth one that functions that way, um, three-bathroom home. And um, the the cleaner was just fantastic, just kind of, you know, came on time, um, really just uh, <laughs> wiped down a refrigerator. Like, our refrigerator looked newer than it's ever looked, at least since we've owned this house. Um, and just did a really, really thorough job with the floors, with the carpets, even made made uh, our bed, which was completely unexpected and just kind of cool. It was just one of those like uh, moments where you know your expectations were just kind of blown out of the water. At least that was the case for me. Um, and just from from start to finish, it was just a completely seamless um, experience. And I, I just really, really appreciated that and just thought it was fantastic. Um, so uh, what Handy has done is um, you know you you can get your first three hour cleaning for thirty nine dollars when you sign up for a plan. Um, you visit handy.com slash fool and use promo code fool during checkout. Um, and then there's you know recurring charge terms and conditions which apply, um, which are outlined on the site. That's handy.com slash fool and use promo code fool to get your first three-hour cleaning for $39. All right, Jason, let's turn to One Oak, which is uh, ticker symbol O-K-E. Um, uh, distributable cash flow up you know, 37% on 30% adjusted uh, EBITDA growth. Um, and uh, they've uh, also uh, reduced their dividend uh, coverage ratio a little bit. Um, a lot of strong growth there, too, as obviously shown in that uh, uh, distributable cash flow growth. Yeah, the, you know, the, the dividend coverage ratio you know, coming down a little bit is not great, but it's still it's almost 1.4 times. So that's, you know, it, 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 this, this company is generally, clearly generating plenty of cash to uh, more than more than cover its dividend and some support its its growth. You know, it, it, uh, the company announced you know maybe a year and a half or so ago this great dividend plan, dividend growth plan when it um, consolidated its master limited partnership, rolled those assets in, uh, and it's uh, it's it's hit every every goal that it's set so far, and it's on track for you know um, basically double digit dividend growth um, annually through 2021. Um, and kind of like you know, enterprise products partners, it, it uh, One Oak does does a lot in uh, gathering um, and pipelining natural gas liquids um, and natural gas in some of these more remote plays. And it has really done an excellent job of getting fixed fee contracts for those services, turning that into great uh, cash flows, and, and and really just the management just does a great job there with capital allocation. Yeah. Um, speaking of capital allocation, let's turn to our, the, the final midstreamer we're going to cover today, which is Kinder Morgan. Um, I Ooh. guess I kind of buried the lead here because this is the one that um, when people were writing in, they were probably most interested in hearing about. Um, it's actually a personal holding of mine. And um, unlike most of the others, Kinder Morgan has kind of been in the news. Well, its subsidiary has been kind of in the news. Um, Kinder Morgan's ticker symbol, by the way, KMI. Um, but the... Uh, the uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline in Canada has certainly been a lightning rod uh, for, um, let's say, political discussions <laughs> in the last couple of years. Um, and you know, it's owned by the Canadian subsidiary, which is a separately traded public company, and it's now being sold to the Canadian government. Yeah, that 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 definitely lightning rod. 
you know, no doubt about it. Um, the, the Canadian government's relatively uh, progressive when it terms comes to you know uh, energy policy and, and that sort of thing. But I think it's also as this as this move makes, it's also pragmatic. You know, a huge part of its economy is natural resources. Whether we're talking about timberlands, we're talking about uh, the oil sands, um, and with the United States as its, its biggest neighbor uh, and, and a huge trading partner, you know, energy is a big part of its economy. So this move, frankly, I don't know. I think it's probably the, it's whether we talk the politics or not. I think it's great for for Kinder Morgan, but there's a little bit of complication, right? Because right. this Canadian uh, subsidiary is it's a Canadian company. It's publicly traded. Um, and the, all of the, the, uh, proceeds are going to go to that Canadian subsidiary. So it's not like Kinder Morgan can just take that cash and use it to, for example, fund its Permian highway pipeline that it's, you know, it has in the works, you know, so, so there's a little bit of complication with what it's going to do with, with, with that cash. Yeah. Um, another, another reason Kinder Morgan's been in the news in investing news, um, is that a little while ago, they basically had to slash their dividend so that they could get their debt under control and delever, um, while also simultaneously funding future growth. Um, and a, a lot of, uh, um, income investors got burned by that. Um, and, and certainly, you know, not great, obviously, uh, for for investors in Kinder Morgan at the time. Um, certainly, it seems to have been the right call by management because they've really done a good job of um, delevering that balance sheet since then. Um, and it was the it was the only call. If we want to be, we want to be honest. Be frank about back, it. Yeah. If we if we go back over the past five years, uh, of these of these five um, midstream companies. The only one that's not paying a higher dividend today than it did five years ago is is Kinder Morgan, um, and its dividend is substantially less than it was, while all of the others have, have been able to increase their their uh, dividends um, pretty sharply. Now, the 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 the, the reasoning is you, you could say it's timing because you know the oil crash, you know, we went from one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel to you know twenty six dollars a barrel in you know a year and a half. Um, but the company was really super aggressive. They were using stock and tons of debt to fund growth. The oil market crashed. Um, all these projects had to come to a halt, and its creditors said, "Okay, you want to keep your your your, your high credit rating? You got to improve your balance sheet." And, and the only way they could really realistically do that was to cut the dividend to retain that cash flow. Yeah. So now's a, I think now's a good time to, to be looking at the company because the industry is so much healthier. It's it's doing something different. It's not just trying to go um, solo on a lot of its projects. Like the, I, think I mentioned it, the Permian Highway uh, Pipeline is one that it's looking that it could, you know, have in play by 2020. Um, it's about a two billion dollar project, but it has a private equity firm um, and an oil producer that it's working with to develop it. So it's it's done similar things on the East Coast, um, on the eastern side of the United States, I should say, with with projects partnering with other companies. So it's really going about things in a lot more thoughtful, less less risk sort of way in terms of developing out uh, new projects. Yeah, um, and obviously I'm a shareholder, so I, I tend to think that there are plenty of reasons to like Kinder Morgan. But uh, um, I am I am not a shareholder. I will let you um, reach your own uh, <laughs> conclusions based on that. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so stepping back now, um, looking at these five companies that are, you know, let's say fairly representative of the midstreamers, um, you know, the, the the big trends here are that everyone pretty much is looking to 
um, you know, the distributable cash flows up. Um, what they're looking to do is kind of slow their distribution growth a little bit, so as to be able to um, get those core business metrics uh, a lot stronger. Um, and just make sure that they aren't as reliant on share issuance or debt, particularly in a rising interest rate environment. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, now that things are, you know, looking a little bit healthier, um, and of course, Permian, uh, one of the big trends, but also let's say extensive um, uh, backlogs of of more work that they plan uh, to do, so that they can kind of expand those underlying businesses while things are good. Yeah, I think if you look beyond the Carmian, Permian and you know West Texas, you know, there's there's Still need in the Eagleford, which is you know a little more on the eastern part of the state. You've got the scoop and stack plays. A lot of Oklahoma uh, needs needs more infrastructure. Uh, Canada, you know, getting getting oil from the oil sands, getting it to not just the U.S. to the refineries on the Gulf Coast, but getting it to Canada's um, west coast where it can have export access to uh, Asia. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of growth opportunity. But the big thing here is, as you were talking about, you know, looking at, at using cash flows is a big thing in the in the rising interest rate environment, but also avoiding, you know, the potential of oil prices coming down. Um, you know, any kind of weakness in demand can, you know, can because the cyclicality of the of the oil industry, it can really create you know, fundamental problems with having access to capital. So that's why you're seeing those moves. That's why you're seeing things like Enbridge. Uh, doing some consolidation. That's why One Oak acquired, you know, consolidated its uh, master limited partnership, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, so I think you know those moves to simplify businesses and to, and to have more steady access to capital. You, th- those are those are good things that you're seeing in terms of trends. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of reasons to um, like this area a bit better than perhaps a yep. few years back. Yep. Um, so let's. I mean. Hey, covering news is great, but we're an investing show, so let's also uh, play the same game we did last week. What's your favorite midstreamer coming out of earnings? I've I've always been a big fan of One Oak. I think the management's done a tremendous job. They're relatively focused on a geographical basis, um, and and they they they, they're really good at what they do. Um, And and you you look you look over the past couple of years, they've done a really really good job of of growing that dividend while maintaining. You know, solid leverage ratios and really strong coverage ratios, generating a lot more cash than they need to fund the dividend. Um, I, I will continue to like enterprise partners and Magellan midstream partners until they provide evidence not to. They just have great management. They are so solid with capital allocation. Uh, but I think the one thing that's worth mentioning when it comes to these uh, as investments, Magellan and enterprise, uh, these are master limited partnerships. So it's worth understanding how they pay their dividend out, how it's paid as distribution to make sure you don't have unexpected tax consequences if you're looking to own them in your master limited partnership. I suggest you go to fool.com and do a search for UBTI, uh, Unrelated Business Taxable Income, um, and then check out Magellan and Enterprise's uh, financial filings. Make sure that None of the distributions they pay qualifies UBTI because you could end up with a tax bill if you own these in your retirement account. So just be aware of that one thing. Uh, besides, beyond that, I think One Oak, Magellan, and Enterprise, I think they're great to buy right now and, and, and hold for you know the next decade to go. Very good. Yeah, I, I will say both Kinder Morgan and Enbridge kind of have more question marks around them right now just because 
um, they, they they both kind of have some decisions to make. <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or yeah. in Enbridge's case, that acquiring um, the remaining part of uh, Spectra Energy Partners isn't you know just their decision. But anyway, point is. For both of them, there are there are kind of question marks. There are things that could change the thesis incoming in the next um, uh, few months to year, and so that's a reason to be perhaps a little bit more cautious about both of them. Um, but I mean, as core, you know, this is a, a, a I think in a lot of ways a good a good industry to be in. Um, I, you know, I will say I've um, I've dealt with uh, uh, kind of some some of the odd tax situations around energy companies before, and um, so I do tend to personally steer clear um, of of the ones that aren't uh, um, that aren't uh, organized in the way of most public companies, uh, just because um, you know when I was doing, I I remember I used to my taxes used to take me four hours, two and a half of which was just f- figuring out one K one right <laughs> on an MLP, and so ever since then I've just been like ah uh, you know let me let me look for traditionally organized companies as much as possible, but of course. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, everyone has their own. Let me throw you a bone. Yeah, I'm going to throw you a bone here on on Kendra Morgan. Well, you don't have to. No, I'm going to. I think it's important. It's not. You know, it's not even just for you. It's for our our listeners. All (laughs) dozen of them. Um, So uh, I think when you're looking at midstreamers, generally, if you're an income investor, you're looking for a predictable dividend that you can count on. That's what I like about these the three that I mentioned. Kendra Morgan is an interesting set because they they pay us a solid dividend, but also. This is the one that has a really good opportunity for to be just a, a capital return winner, right? I mean, this this the stock price could really go up. It trades for a very reasonable valuation based on its growth. So if you're not just hunting income and you want you know a potential big winning stock and you're willing to take on that risk, um, it's it's worth considering. Uh, but if you're looking for income, yeah, I think and simplification, I think the other three are probably your better bets. Sure. Well, folks, that's it for this week's energy show questions or comments, you can always reach us at industryfocus@fool.com. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. I, for example, own Kinder Morgan. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. This show is produced by Austin Morgan. For Jason Hall, I'm Michael Douglas. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!